0: Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains themes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or
1: anyone who is easily upset.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to Caustic Content, the podcast on the Optimism Vaccine Podcast Network, where my longtime friend Adam Myris and I basically torture each other. We're on the lookout for the absolute worst movies we can possibly find on the various streaming services out there. And each episode, we choose a film, and we pit them head-to-head to to see if we can find the absolute worst of the worst. And this is actually a very Mm. important episode for us, because for the first time ever in of Content history, we have a guest The fans have spoken. They're like, Steve, we love your voice. We think it's beautiful. Adam Myros is okay. We would love to have a third voice to weigh in on these films every once in a while. And we said, sure, adoring public, let's do this. So joining us today, we have Jake Trapila with us. Hey, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. How's it feel? You were like, yeah, I'm excited to do this podcast with you guys. You had no idea what you're getting into, did you?
0: Uh, Nope, I can't say that I did,
2: Steve. (laughs) <laughs> and it's funny because you know I don't know. Compared to some weeks, this maybe wasn't as torturous. Uh, <laughs> depends on how you really uh, think about that. But I mean, to be honest, every week is pretty horrible. Uh, Myros is here too, of course. How you doing, Myros?
1: I I am here. You know Steve, the problem with this enterprise uh, is when we go searching for the worst films, occasionally we find them.
2: We find them. We do. We do. Most of the time, we just find like, "Oh, man, this is this is really bad." But sometimes, like this week, we find some of the worst shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Although, to be fair, basically everything we've watched has been in the category of almost unwatchable. Right?
1: That's true. Uh, some are more curious than others, um, but yeah, uh, they're they're all pretty much. Started a baseline of a of a one out of ten.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's where we start at. That's that's what you're getting. You're either getting one out of ten, maybe a half star, or in some cases, uh, can we give negative stars to films? Because that's where I feel like we're at with some of these. Uh,
1: sometimes you, you want to head that direction.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I kind of slipped up this week though because well, we wanted to do something a little more high budget than we normally do. This is the big high budget episode. And by high budget we mean, you know, most of the shots are in focus, uh, most of the film is audible. Uh, Yeah, we're we're talking movies that are made for thousands of dollars instead of hundreds of dollars, basically. And I, unfortunately, I I chose something that really speaks to Adam Myros, new metal fanatic, because I chose a film that just looks like a Slipknot music video. So the first movie that we're going to talk about today is a little 2017-2018 joint called Tempest Tormentum.
1: Tempest Tormentum? Uh, Tempest
2: Tormentum, baby.
1: Yeah, which, uh, quick rules run through, this is of course not from a director we visited previously. It is not found footage. Uh, Is there anything I'm missing?
2: No, nah, that's pretty much it. It's not a Godfrey Ho movie, but that's covered in the well, first rule.
1: Yeah, uh, that's about it. So yeah, we we picked these because they they were two films off our respective lists that looked like they had a little a little sheen to them. And uh, yeah, a little well, bit of money. I think I think most of the money in in my choice actually went into the trailer itself because I think I, I was wrong. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, this movie here, it's got a little sheen.
2: So yeah, he's got a director
1: kind of knows what he's doing a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean he knows how to turn the camera on, he knows how to keep people in focus. These are big steps for caustic content. These these are things that we normally see. Um, the audio, I mean it's got a real soundtrack. You can occasionally hear what people are seeing or are saying. Excuse that's,
0: me. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You, it occasionally sounds okay if you can hear it. Yeah. I had I had my system cranked up almost to the top and I never do that.
2: Yeah, it was kind of weird. Right my my TV was at, the volume was at like 90. And it was like, I, I don't think I've ever been up this high on anything.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the mixing left a little bit to be desired, as did some other elements of the film. But it, it is... <laughs> like the
2: whole fucking thing? <laughs> like, yeah, maybe the
1: script could use another once-over. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I found it almost uh, a respite in, in some respects. It was... It was the sort of film where you, you, there was like a segment that was in infrared. I was like, what? What's this? And it didn't look yeah. like shit. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I Again, this is, we're starting at well, a one out of ten, so I don't want to oversell this thing. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, I, I don't even want to say that it, it doesn't look like shit. It just looks like shit in a different way. Like, clearly this guy knows how a camera works, at least. Uh, but it definitely has that, like, hyper-compressed digital look. Um,
1: yeah. You know, if, yeah. If, you,
2: if you were making, like, a, a clip show so that you could direct some shitty IFC Midnight movie that no one's going to care about in six months, this might be the, the thing that you send their way.
1: Right. I, I more meant that the infrared didn't look like shit. I was like, Yeah, that's true. It <laughs> pulled that. I mean, it's obviously, like, a post-production trick. I'm sure he didn't have an infrared camera. That would be insane. But
2: Yeah, that know. would be a little crazy. But you never know. I, I think a lot of this movie was actually—I don't know—it was there was clearly some sort of digital camera, and then uh, a lot, a lot of GoPros strapped to dashboards of cars, and uh, a lot, a lot of drone shots. This guy really likes his drone.
1: Eh, some okay drone shots too. Uh, again,
2: yeah,
0: hey. uh, yeah. The one thing I'll say about the film is that occasionally it, it looks competent, as far <laughs> as far as Z grade adventures and streaming go. Uh, occasionally there will be a shot that say, okay, that doesn't look half bad.
2: Sure. I think that's fair. That's fair. Now, Jake, since you are the guest of honor, normally we ask the uh, the opposing person here, the person who didn't choose the film, sure. to kind of recap what the, the film is about. And since you're the guest, I'm, I'm going to give you the honor. So, Jake, what is Tempest Tormentum?
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, Tempest Tormentum follows uh, a Dave Grohl lookalike named Mr. Mouse uh, who comes into a town. Uh, It's evident he's on the run from something. What we think that is, we don't know yet. Uh, Eventually, he is uh, drugged and then chased by a bunch of guys in a Slipknot cover band who are wearing these masks. And uh, The film is essentially one long cat and mouse game uh, between the the guy's chasing Mr. Mouse, as he's known, and uh, 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 that's about it, I guess. It's an 80-minute chase movie with some uh, supernatural cult stuff thrown into the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's following an interesting trend for us, because we just did an episode where we had another Canadian director, and I- I'm sure you noticed this too, Jake, by the horrific like, I don't even know what these are, like... Alberta accents or something. Um, uh, it's Manitoba, I uh, I'm sorry, my mistake. I'm, I'm surprised I got that close. I mean, that's not so bad, right? <laughs> Pat on the back for that one, I think. Um, but yeah, so the last Canadian film that we watched, it also had this thing where, one, it felt like it droned on forever, and two, it just kept repeating the same shit over and over and over and over, and over again. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's very, uh, very repetitive, very, uh, very sluggish. Uh, The first time uh, Mr. Mouse is drugged and chased, they really just kind of circle their car around him right outside this sleazy motel he's staying at. And it goes on for easily five minutes long to the point where I was like, "Okay, I get it. And then, yeah, it just follows a pattern of him going to somebody's house in the middle of the night. They let him in. The cultists show up. They kill the owners of the house. And the guy runs on to the next place. Yeah.
2: That's that's pretty much it. That's
0: the whole movie. There's yeah.
2: nothing I mean, there's, there's nothing really to it. I mean, uh there, there's some wacky stuff that happens like, you know, this one family is just like, "Oh, I thought I knew you in a past life." Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Like, right. Which you cares. would have thought, "Oh, these people are in on it." But then I think they get killed or something. I don't
2: Yeah, know. they are or at least they're ignored. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, it's hard I, to tell.
1: I thought I could have. It
0: always, that's always like a trope in horror movies where somebody finally gets to like a place of safety and then they find out that the place they go to is actually just somebody who's in on it and he gets drugged there. Which it does happen where he goes to the rave with all the people in the masks there and on it as well. But yeah, I thought the couple was totally in on whatever this plan was.
2: Yeah, although, you know, you, you mentioned the, the trope where, you know, you think you're safe, but actually they're part of the, the problem. Uh, if if you're being chased by three guys in silly masks, and then you go to the place where there's a bunch of people in silly masks, maybe, just don't maybe. Yeah, don't go there. That doesn't seem like a place to ask for help. Yeah. Or, I mean, really at any cornfield rave, I don't I don't think that's a good idea generally.
1: Yeah, best to avoid. So... Uh, uh, I don't know. You probably should have just like condensed this uh, elliptical chase sequence that comprises like two thirds of this film into like maybe the church segment. The church segment has has some interesting stuff going on. Uh, I like the way they integrated the organ and the the church bell and, the, and it was it was kind of a an interesting little sequence. But it, it gets lost because it's just one of like six identical sequences <laughs> but
2: yeah yeah there's there's really and th- and that's the problem here is you, you have unique locations you have a couple of different houses you have the church you have uh the aforementioned cornfield there's like a factory there's a hotel but nothing different or interesting with the exception of i guess the church nothing really ever happens it's, it's all the same shit, and you know that it's just going to continue that way. And they also established early on that the, the three masked uh, Slipknot guys uh, th- that are trying to kill him, they're not really trying to kill him. They have ample opportunities to murder him, and at first it's just like, oh, they're messing with him, they're playing with him. But then it becomes abundantly clear that they, um, they really have no intention.
1: Uh, I don't know what... I, I guess we're given the broad strokes of this movie. What the fuck is this movie about? Like the, I don't know what the, the hell is, is not happening. Really... This movie, the third act is, it goes places. It, it stops being that elliptical thing and and tries to do something, but what the fuck is it doing? <laughs> like I was assuming this was like headed toward a, a sort of like he uh, fucking he was dead all along type thing or something of that nature, and or he's in an asylum or some shit and maybe it does, I don't know the third act, I couldn't make out like 90% of the dialogue I know there's like one point where he's having this phone conversation Um, maybe Jake could illuminate that a little uh, it, it's. he said something was done and he was coming home or blah 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 and then there's this yeah. love interest who keeps kind of like popping in and out and who's dead who's alive, who the fuck knows and there's a, there's a very bizarre
0: dream sequence where they're in a field in white suits. And I, I felt like that would be a scene where, okay, we're going to maybe finally get some exposition. And, and just a note to all filmmakers out there who might be listening to this podcast, exposition is not an inherently bad thing. Um, just if it's mishandled, uh, it can be frustrating to watch. Uh, but, like, this film, it suffers from being a, just a bunch of ideas – uh, but with no no real through line or any sort of like proper way for the director to articulate them into a into a coherent feature film because it feels like it's made up of a lot of stuff that he wanted to see in a movie. Uh, and I can you know, I have a few examples of that. but nothing ever really this the whole thing does not come together. It's just a it's a mishmash of of just horror movie ideas
2: yeah it was it was very like. I don't know, Purge esque and a, a little Saw esque at times, but yeah, there's but there's them. no there's no underlying philosophy. And as shitty as the Purge and the Saw films are, at least there's there's a philosophy and there's an underlying narrative that's relatively simple to follow. Well, I, I just I well you know this, <laughs> no, this, comparatively, I'm gonna give a, then, a going towards, credit.
1: I'd rather watch this movie than any Saw sequel. <laughs> mm.
2: That's fair. But, yeah. but I mean, it, it felt like it was going towards, like, a weird, like, Doomsday Cthulhu cult thing, maybe, at one point, too? Because they had the weird tentacles?
1: See, now, this, yeah. this, this is... The tentacle scene? This is on my list this, yeah. of big fucking questions. What the hell was that? There's, like, some sort yeah, of alien that. beast that, like, puts a worm in his mouth, like... <laughs> and that's not the end of the movie. That's, like... Maybe an hour Isn't, in, and it's just like, well, it doesn't go anywhere. I don't know what the fuck was happening with that.
2: No, it's it's never addressed. And literally, he's he's caught, and then he's strapped to a table, and then they have this, like, uh, alien phallus come down and drop like a maggot in his mouth, and then he's sort of released from that, and then he's just like, oh, what was that? What did you do? And then the... the The members of Slipdot are just like, it doesn't matter because you're the mouse and we're the cats. Like, that's that's literally all they do, and then they just run off and do more shit, and that's it. It's it's never addressed, it's never brought back around, and again, you can make your movie, uh, you know, weird and abstract, but there's no... Uh, narratively, it's a mess, and that's fine. You want to lean on, on theme or whatever, but there's there's nothing. There's nothing here. Just being needlessly obtuse and abstract in your filmmaking, that doesn't make you a, a good non-narrative filmmaker. It just makes you an asshole.
1: Uh, I, yeah. uh, again, I, I feel like there's... I might be able to pull something out of it if I could hear anything that's going on. So, it just makes it so frustrating to try and... Parse such an obtuse plot. Like, try and pull anything out of it when all the dialogues like poorly recorded and mixed through Halloween masks, and it's just like. Yeah, I
0: and I was able to toggle on the captions for my viewing, and I can't even recall a single line of dialogue or anything that might have helped. Because everything everybody speaks just in such a cryptic language, like when he that first phone call our main guy does, he says it's done, but he never we're never clear what that is. And the the cat and mouse guys, they're just kind of like they're saying like, why does a cat chase a mouse? Uh, it, basically, it has like this real no reason uh, adage to the the whole film, and it, it really is a film that doesn't has no reason to exist because it, like it, like I mentioned, it's just a bunch of uh, cool ideas, for lack of a better word, that the director wanted to make yeah. happen.
2: That, that seems about like, right. Like the like
0: one thing I kind of perked up because I thought it might be interesting is in, when he's in the, the motel room, he's in the bathroom and he sees a spider on the counter, so he puts a glass over it. And then the next morning he goes into the bathroom and sees that the spider has grown from a little house spider into like a tarantula. And I thought, okay, that's kind of creepy, but uh, nothing ever comes of that.
1: Well, I think that was a, an actual dream sequence. Who could tell in, in the nature of I this film? It. But, yeah. but uh, I, that was interesting. There, uh, again, yeah, that's but, what makes it, this film interesting. But does it doesn't, doesn't go anywhere? Because there's yeah, like it, it, three or four segments in this movie that are legitimately pretty cool. That I actually like. I, I like the yeah. the finale bit with the where they're torturing him with this psychedelic drug and this bombardment with sound. I'm like, well, this is interesting. Uh, this is – you know, it It suddenly it, – it it felt a little more elevated. It was like, well, the production value mm-hmm. here is interesting. What they're doing is is an interesting idea. But it, it it's just – it doesn't mean anything. It's not attached to the rest of the movie. It's just fucking there. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, and even with the spider thing, like – so I, I you know, you, you know, this is a chase movie or whatever. So you see the spider and then he it's this harmless little spider. He puts the glass over it. And that's him. Right. You know, he's in this strange town. Everybody's staring at him uh, when he walks in the diner. He's the one who's sort of trapped here. So he's the fucking spider. So when does he turn into a tarantula? He doesn't. There's no. And, and even even with the alien thing, I was like, oh, they got to turn him into some monster or something. There's nothing. There's nothing here. Yeah. And it's it's another one, too, where it's just like, buddy, everything is, is set up with, for you right here. You just have no connective tissue to put this all together. And it's, it's pretty frustrating and uh, pretty shitty.
1: Yeah, it's just that the narrative – the symbolism does not ever play into the narrative. There is – the symbolism is hollow. It never symbolizes anything. It's just imagery for the sake of imagery, which – you know, I guess it has its place, but this movie's still frustrating to watch. It's better than I thought it would be, because if you watch the trailer that we were provided um, on Prime, it, and if you look at the cover, which is, it just says, Capture, Torture, Kill, Repeat, and he's got this fucking like mechanism on his face, which is actually what they use for that bizarre alien worm deal. But uh, it just looks like a fucking Saw ripoff and it's marketed as a Saw ripoff and this isn't a Saw ripoff it's like a guy who uh, loves him some David Lynch I I got a real like Carnival of Souls vibe uh, around about that church sequence and it's not nearly as successful as as what he's interested in and what inspired him but you know at least his inspiration is admirable rather than fucking Saw (laughs)
2: Yeah, and, and there's there's a real... I don't know. I've noticed this with a lot of the filmmakers that, that we've been watching that have been making this trash. They seem very preoccupied with a very, like, 90s aesthetic, and, and certainly here with the fucking, you know, like, new metal nonsense aesthetic of this movie. Um, but also just in, in everything that he does, it's so... And, and then I, I looked into the director's work a little further, And lo and behold, he's like, I direct music videos. And the first thing that I clicked on was just like, I mean, so if if Tempest Tormentum is to a David Lynch film as uh, this music video that I watched is to like anything Soundgarden has ever done. It was just (laughs) like, oh, God, why? Why is this something that exists? But yeah, uh, if you ever want to see Manitoba Soundgarden uh as directed by the the man who brought us Tempest Tormentum. It's uh, it's out there, kids. Whew. Good lord.
1: Uh, it, much <laughs> uh, again another thing to uh, to highlight as as tolerable is this is also the second straight elliptical Canadian uh horror film that we watched that had a pretty solid score. I thought it was uh Again, it, it had uh, a very competent sort of ethereal, electronic thing going on. It was it was decent, uh, yeah. which belies its its Slipknot aesthetic. I was expecting to be bombarded with butt rock.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I want some butt rock. I'm I'm actually disappointed that the soundtrack's pretty good. Give me some hot riffs from fucking spine shank or something. <laughs> Those hot spine shanker Where's the mushroom head, baby? I need it, Jake. What's your favorite Mushroomhead song?
0: I don't know who that is. Good, I'm sorry good to say. answer.
2: Good answer. Stay pure, buddy. <laughs> you got it.
0: Um, uh,
2: yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, so things things that are okay about this movie: one, it doesn't always look horrible. Two, <laughs> lot there are a lot. Of, a lot, of, a
0: lot of, I think a lot of the budget went into dry ice because a, a lot of dry of ice, ice, fog yeah. in in the in the streets
2: and we 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 mentioned the the soundtrack is not horrible although mm-hmm. uh kind of missing the butt rock personally and uh there's a scene that i laughed really hard at that i thought was great um it, there's there's this part where the mr mouse he goes to a, a house and uh there's a guy in there and you got to have the scene where the the guy's like, well, I could call the cops or maybe you just need Jesus. You know, yeah, uh, was, yeah. is this the
0: uh, the farmer?
2: <laughs> yeah. So you got to throw that little jab in there. So then he's just like, I'm going to defend my land. So he bu- busts out this assault rifle and he goes out to the clown people and he just like walks straight up to them. He's like five feet away from them, And this is all done from like a, a like a long shot, like through a window. And then one of the clown guys just raises his hand and just shoots him right in the fucking head. <laughs> yeah, really I laughed at that, too. Because <laughs> it's so absurd. It's like, what do you do? You have a rifle. Why are you walking yeah. up to these people? Yeah, you
0: don't walk up to some intruders on your land. You stand by the door with a rifle
2: and aim at them. Yeah. I really uh, uh, not great.
1: I got some yucks in general out of our lead. He was a man of very poor posture. He didn't... Uh, have the gravitas to pull off what he needed to in this movie, that's for sure. <laughs> he was just kind of yeah. like hunched over and awkwardly like tiptoeing around the scenery the whole movie, and it was just he was he was amusing to watch because he's very much a miscast,
2: yeah. And it kind of looks like Jake, you mentioned Dave Grohl, and he does have a, a Dave Grohl look to him. I think he looks like Chris Pontius from Jackass. I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with him.
0: Well, that's that's funny you mentioned that because there is – the film's centerpiece could arguably be a stunt in Jackass where the ah. cultists throw him in a cage and then drive him down a highway, toad, I, I like that, toad in
2: the back. That might be in one of the Jackass movies actually. So that, that this all makes sense.
0: <laughs> he also – I also noted he looks kind of like uh, Jason Lee from My Name is Earl with longer hair yeah. or like uh, how he looks yeah. in uh, Almost Famous.
1: Right, yeah. Very early in the film, I was getting a heavy Jason Lee vibe, I would say.
2: Yeah. Well, and he's got acting chops like Jason Lee too.
1: Uh, pretty much <laughs> on an equal level, I'd say.
2: Oh, so next question: um, best and worst actor or actress in this film? Which is a trick question because they're all the worst. But who do you think is really the worst? Who stands out as particularly awful to you in this movie?
1: Oh
0: man, I don't know. I'm really not a fan of the Lee guy. He he's very he's very anemic.
1: Not much of a
0: screen presence.
1: He's terrible, but I mean, there were a couple of uh, sort of small bit parts that were really stand out. Uh, the house with the the couple who uh, try to embrace him, uh, especially are, uh, I don't know the ones who think they know him from a past life or something. The husband there is really awful, but uh, yeah. I think for me the standout was the. Uh, the hotel clerk guy the the guy who checks him into the motel that guy was oh, real yeah. bad he's, you, he's uniquely very terrible. To me.
2: <laughs> yeah uh and but you know what what can you expect from a movie like this because I mean it, it doesn't it star someone named like mr Murder or something like that or uh, dr. dr rage dr. brutality Steve. oh dr rage
1: <laughs> which actually I think dr rage was probably the best person in the cast because he plays the the clown one of the Slipknot, like the head Slipknot man, and yeah, albeit all his dialogue is fucking wrecked by this mask, um, he's fine. He, he's pretty decent.
0: Is he the guy who plays on the organ in the church? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's well, okay. I, guess. I also
2: find it interesting because I, I read an interview with the director of Tempest Tormentum, mm-hmm. and uh, he. He mentioned that, you know, almost all the actors were amateurs or just, you know, locals who had some training, and the only real trained actor was the guy who played the clown. So if he's a real trained actor, then I wonder if Dr. Rage is just the pseudonym that he uses specifically for this guy's shitty movies so he doesn't get them (laughs) stuck on his IMDb page. That's
1: possible, because his only other credit as Dr. Rage is is in this gentleman's earlier movie, which... Ah. I can't even – it must be even more pretentious because it's called Agri Somnia. He's yeah. got some Latin going on with these titles. Mm. I don't know He loves why. the Latin.
2: Remember the magical typewriter in the hotel room? You know, standard sleazebag motel with a typewriter oh, yeah. in it. And it's just like something, something, Latin, something. Well, that was uh, the was a blood ex-mortem.
1: I thought that was going to be a really slick device, and he used it like the shittiest way possible. Like, I thought when he came back into the motel uh, after fleeing the uh, all-night diner he, he had fled uh, after encountering some unsavories... Um I thought he was going to be like looking around and there would just be like a second sentence typed on the typewriter. It would be like, oh yeah. fuck, somebody's in the I'm like, oh that that's a pretty slick way to use it. Instead, he just like it's part of the Tarantula dream sequence where the typewriter's just fucking hammering out some bullshit. Yeah.
2: Well, and it, it's kind of like this director he it's like he watched Twin Peaks but didn't learn anything from it. <laughs> like he just he, he took all the wrong lessons away from David Lynch. Uh, which, that, that might be his whole thing. It's just like, I, I bet this guy watches a lot of cool shit, and then just, he takes away all, all the wrong lessons. That that seems to be his, his M.O.
1: I'm trying to find the line that was typed out there, because it was something real rough. It was, it was stupid as shit. Something about a... Yeah, was... I, I typed it out. I've got it here.
2: Uh... <laughs> oh, good. Good.
1: Okay, it is... Uh, an impossible mouth dripping with the spit of desperation. Mm, that is what it was typed on the typewriter when he checked into this uh, seed bag motel.
2: Ah, boy, that's that makes a lot of sense. That's great. It's wonderful. Real good stuff. There's
0: also there's also a random Oscar Wilde I looked this up. There's an Oscar Wilde quote written up on the diner's chalkboard. Reads. Give a man a mask, and he will tell you the truth. Which I don't, I don't know what that's like. Is it a man? If a man has a mask, does he become a, a murdering monster?
2: I yeah, I, I yeah, I don't. I don't know.
0: He there's put a put lot of stuff
2: that goes out of this movie. It's like that. Yeah. That really.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just a lot of things. That's the problem. There's no connective yeah. tissue to deal with. See, yeah, uh, well,
2: and and even in that diner, there's the weird thing where. I don't know. He has, like, a bizarre interaction with the waitress, and I thought that was going to circle back around, but it never does. And then there's the part where he goes to use the bathroom, and there's just, oh, yeah. like, the guy, like, shooting heroin into his arm or something, and he's just like, ugh. But it has doesn't have anything to do with anything. I, no. I, I don't understand. So
0: that— uh, Go ahead, Drew. I was, I was going to say that confused me because then I thought when the mask guys break into his motel room, I thought they inject him with heroin as well. But it's never really made clear what that drug is supposed to be or what effects it does. It just kind of makes him loopy for a few minutes and then he's on the run.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Everyone in the town seems to think he's like wildly drunk or something. So maybe it it affects him more than the actor can portray. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I – at, again, at that diner, when you have that that quote on the wall, and I believe the three gentlemen who are giving him the, the stink eye are probably our, our Slipknot uh, fellows throughout the rest of the film. But, I mean, it's not entirely clear. Um, so, at that stage, in the diner has this weird atmosphere, I'm like, okay, this is going to be like... A town conspiracy movie. We're gonna have a Wicker Man type thing going on, which it it kind of has elements of that. But again, I just I anticipate when he's like fleeing to a place, he's gonna run into all these conspirators because the whole town is is part of this cult. But not really. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Well, fuck this movie. But hey, let's uh let's talk a little bit about the director a little bit more. Um Myros, as you mentioned, he has a, another movie, probably even more pretentious than this one, uh, called Age Somnia or something. Something Latin. <laughs> and you'll be happy to know that um he is his big his big thing for Tempest Tormentum in the press section. And also this is in I think it's in it's like some of the promotional materials for Tempest Tormentum. Uh he says that <laughs> Uh, J- Alright, James Roiky is the award-winning cult film director of Agri Somnia and Tempest Tormentum. Agri Somnia has been distributed and found a loyal and found loyal fans worldwide. Uh, we don't know by who or who these people are. And and here's a big one: it is also a list candidate for the 366 best weird films of all time. So I was like 366 best weird films of all time. That's kind of weird. That's a weird thing what is that so i googled it found it <laughs> it's on it's it's like a it's one of those voting listicle websites it's called it's french and it's mm. called sensecritique.com and yeah it's as he mentions it's it's a it's a list candidate which means he put it on there and no one voted for it So there you go. Uh, Also, it says here that Tempest Tormentum has played Festivals, except he spelled it wrong. So it says Festicles. (laughs) (laughs) It's a cross between a festival and a testicle, I guess, Uh, all over the world. And it's been nominated for 22 awards and won in 10 categories and is currently being distributed worldwide by L.A.-based distributor Terror Films. Very exciting stuff. And uh, you can check out his YouTube and watch his uh, his fake Soundgarden music videos if you're interested.
1: His YouTube channel Absurd Tube, or is this yeah, a Absurd Tube.
2: <laughs> It's great stuff. It's Really good. I don't
1: know that I would describe this film as absurdist in any way.
2: No, it's just kind of weird. I don't, I don't like it. I just don't like it, man. That's, ah, uh, yeah. But if if you want to see. I think his worst music video is this standing on the back of a whale. That that would be the one to look up. That, or uh, no no. That's the name no. of a song. Uh yeah, uh, there's another <laughs> <Fun> one called <laughs> Right Where I Want to Be by Don Amaro. That's that's another good one. Uh they they're all terrible. They're all very 90s looking. Uh but I I would hope that he sticks to either being maybe maybe get into like, you know, being a cinematographer or like an AD or something, but don't don't make movies, please. Just don't do that. Sticking yeah. music videos, maybe? I, I don't know. I don't There's know. Just,
1: I feel like this guy yeah. could make a fine movie if someone just gave him money and was like, here, make this script into a movie. It probably, he, could, yeah. he could probably do it. He should just yeah. drop the auteur thing because yeah, no working, No
2: auteur stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're banned from auteur stuff. But again, yeah. like if IFC Midnight uh, hired him to make Cabin Fever 4 or something, I don't think he'd completely botch it.
1: Well, he'd uh, probably do be a good. better job than Ty West at a, a Cabin Fever franchise.
2: Yeah, it. that's true. That's true. I'll give you that. Oh, boy. Well, hey, enough about Tempest Tormentum. Actually, not quite. I want to do one more thing. Um, I, I always like to look at the positive reviews of these films to try and understand what people who maybe enjoyed these more than we did, how they sort of, you know, it um, <laughs> just dealt with this movie. So this is one from uh, a guy named Dimitri P., and he says, what a trippy movie. I loved it. Five stars from Dimitri P. on Amazon. It says, it's a shame this movie doesn't get the attention it deserves. I've watched hundreds upon hundreds of horror movies so far this year. This year. Ooh. <laughs> and I can assure you, all caps, this one wins my vote for best horror of 2018. And my personal cake for best horror I have ever seen. Personal cake. Uh, as to not spoil it, I really don't want to say anything else about it, but I will say I think it, and all caps again, it blows the Saw series out of the water and the film score is the best. The film score, parentheses, background music, in case you don't know what that is, makes this movie so trippy. Also, I had the coolest fucking lucid dream after watching this movie. I was the victim in my dream, but because I was lucid and knew spelled N E W that I was dreaming, I had so much fun. Uh, uh, this guy looks he probably needs some help. Maybe. Uh, this was can I just say uh he says I've watched hundreds upon hundreds of horror movies so far this year. Uh this review was posted on May thirteenth. <laughs>
1: Maybe he's been uh, Tempest Tormentum. That he's like fucking yeah, so strapped that's, that's in a chair. A, that's,
0: he's part of a cult. four and a
1: half months. Yeah, he's getting so, strapped in a chair, forced to fucking watch thousands of movies. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I have a
0: uh, I have a, a portion of a review I would like to read that I found on Twitter, sure. which uh, links to a website called uh, Blood Violence and Babes dot com.
2: Oh yeah, all uh, good stuff. We,
0: yeah. The, so this uh, it says here that. Um, if David Cronenberg and Stanley Kubrick had gotten high as kites one night on DMT and penned the most wretched and deliciously delirious experience they could imagine, it might look like something like Tempest Tormentum.
2: <sighs> That's oh, uh, boy. glowing words there. High praise. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I, I has, Have this person ever seen uh, the <laughs> fucking Cronenberg movie? <laughs> I think he's a imagined a few more uh, absurd things than, than a guy running from house to house and the, the occasional appearance of a strange beast. Uh, it's not what I would call wildly imaginative in the body horror realm. That's for certain.
0: Yeah, this, this must be a friend of the director or something. That's the only explanation okay. for why these movies get good reviews. I don't
1: know that good other friend? review of the man who was strapped to a chair. I can at least agree with the sentiment that, uh, you know. I, I would take this over the Saw series personally. I could sit through this movie. Uh, a lot of those Saw sequels, I can't. So, <laughs> but uh, I I wanted to point something out. Uh, by the way, Steve, the the uh, artist who made Standing on the Back of a Whale, yeah, yeah. Uh, Doctor Rage and the Uppercuts, ah,
2: <laughs> Doctor Rage,
1: and his uppercuts. It's all coming together. <laughs> Um,
2: Shout out to Dr. Rage. Yeah. Dr. Rage is probably going to drive up from Iowa and kick all of our asses for talking shit about his movie.
1: I don't know why you think this movie takes place in Iowa, just because there's a slip down.
2: <laughs> it just looks like Iowa to me. <laughs> I, I know it's Canada, but just <laughs> let it be Iowa.
1: Okay, Iowa it is. Um, also, we usually read the Amazon synopsis, but this one's especially boring. So I wanted to read the IMDb uh The IMDb (laughs) summary of this film, uh, which is uh, it's a long one. Uh, Their initial summary of the film is: every dead thing has thoughts. (laughs) That's it. That's it.
2: (laughs) Oh, I guess that makes sense. Uh, what else you need what else you need really
1: well that is a line in the film several times but it yeah, doesn't make you know. any more sense out of context than in context so
2: well sure right, let's go with it every dead thing has thoughts sure. that makes zero sense at all so
1: is he dead Uh-oh. or is his, his Indian girlfriend dead or I don't fucking it though what the hell we don't this know fuck it who cares it's impenetrable
2: oh it's just dog shit uh one last thing that I want to drop in here, just a little slipknot trivia. Uh even though this movie really has nothing to do with slipknot, but I'm kinda I'm really stuck on the whole slipknot thing right now. So uh I want everyone to know that presently there is only one original member of Slipknot left. Do you know who that is, Myros?
1: Uh I only know the name of one member of Slipknot, so I'm gonna go with Corey. <laughs> it's not
2: Corey. It's, and I don't know the guy's actual name or, like, what his stage name is. It's probably, like, Spiny McMurder Urchin or something. But he's, I think he's the ninth drummer or whatever. He's the guy that (laughs) just, like, bangs. Yeah, the guy that bangs on the keg. Yeah. Uh, Kegman is the only original member of Slipknot left. Follow-up fun trivia. He also, in addition to being the OG member of Slipknot, uh, he was the place kicker. For the Wayne State Warriors, which is a small like D three college in Detroit, Michigan. And Michigan, uh, So there you go, little little connection there to you and Slipknot, Myros. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, I, you're the one who's from Detroit, Michigan, so I don't that's, know. That's if true. I'm I mean, really... <laughs> you're from
2: you're from Bay City. You're from like five hours away from there. That's pretty close. All right, let's let's move on. I suppose to um, well. <laughs> I, this this is do we have to? conclusion at this point? <laughs> yeah, do we have to? I'm already gonna say this one wins. It gets my vote unless Byros wants to vote for Tempest Tormentum.
1: Uh, I think I may have won this week, guys. Um yeah. Speaking of cool new boy. metal, we got a guy, uh director, who fashions himself to be uh, Rob Zombie, but he is yeah. he's, <laughs> he's not. Uh, we'll say that.
2: Do you, Do you have any of Rob Mulligan's? Uh, that's that's the director of this. Uh, Rob Mulligan's music. Do you have any of it?
1: I can't say as I do. I'm just seeing his I have the B photo, which might as well just be Rob Zombies.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a request actually. Could you actually find some of his music and drop it in right here?
1: Uh I I can do that. I can do that. Alright. Let's yeah, let's rock out.
0: battle about to bust out of this scene Cause it's too much, it's killing my buzz I can't stand in a scene Too typical, too many chumps Coming up unoriginal As I sit and grip the switch To flip the scene in which I can't get my own fits It makes me sick, got enough you know me And how quick you won't hesitate To talk mad shit I say fuck it, fuck you, I see too much of it I've been growing up as a kid God damn, I
2: got fucked with and if you look at a picture of Rob Mulligan, he's got a real like late '90s, early 2000s look to him. He looks like he—I uh, don't know—like he plays rhythm guitar and corn or something. He's got—I was going to say—he's
1: got the corn look, yeah, yeah,
2: a little bit of a little bit of the Brian Head Welch or Fieldy look to him.
1: I feel like he just looks like B grade Rob Zombie. You just put like a fucking cowboy hat on him, maybe he'd, he'd be a yeah. dead ringer.
2: <laughs> that works too. You think he's he's still wearing, like, extra baggy cargo pants at this point in his life, even though he's definitely in his 40s?
1: That seems likely, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Cargo pants, and he's got white guy dreadlocks, bad facial hair that he doesn't trim. Uh, He probably smells like patchouli, and I bet he he smokes Pall Malls for sure. For sure smokes Pall Malls. Is
1: that all track for you guys? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I can't dispute it. Yeah, I can see this.
2: Oh, God. So, uh, Jake, again, guest of honor, so we're going to give you this, oh, this boy. Uh, fun little treat. Uh, Jake, the next movie that we're going to be discussing is a little movie that Myros picked called Helitosis. That's not Halitosis. Helitosis, the legend of Stank Mouth. And, Jake, what is Helitosis, the legend of Stankmouth?
0: Mouth? It's a 75-minute nightmare. Um... <laughs> More specifically, uh, if I were to surmise the plot, um, a couple is looking to buy a house and their their realtor shows them a particularly crappy house where another couple is already looking into it. And I should just say right off the bat that this house is trashed and disgusting and there is like shit on the walls, literal shit. And it's covered with uh, like those peppermint breath mints and mouthwash and cans of soup everywhere. And little no, do these not five soup,
1: Jake. That is uh, oh. creamed corn. Creamed corn.
0: My apologies. <laughs> creamed corn. corn is uh, in poop. I get it. Uh, so uh, little do they know that the five people visiting this open house—it uh, it is actually the lair or the sanctum or the rectum, of a hideous beast known as Stank Mouth, which is a 300-pound Samoan with a giant anus for a mouth, and he's covered in shit all the time, and one by one he starts picking off the people in the house. And this goes on for about an hour until it just sort of stops. <laughs> that is
2: Stank Mouth. That's, that's about it. And it's that worth idea. noting, too, that the titular Stank Mouth... He, uh, he kind of looks like the Rocks car- character in Moana, but like with a butthole for a mouth.
0: I was like, I didn't, because I, I didn't watch the trailers for either of these uh, movies before um, I watched them. And I was like immediately like taken aback at Snake Mouth's first appearance because it was so jarring and I couldn't quite tell what I was looking at. I eventually figured it out, but it is it is fucking bizarre. And, and and let me just say, this is easily one of the worst things I've ever sat through. Uh, cost of content or otherwise, this is like at the bottom of the pile for me and worst movies I've ever watched. So thank you, Steve.
1: Yeah, no
2: no problem. No problem. Or, yeah, uh, this
1: is my fault, actually. So Thank you, Adam.
2: <laughs> I just like taking credit for things. So
1: That's fair. That's fair.
2: <laughs> I'm glad that we could uh, have you experience this. Although, as as we all mentioned in our group chat thing, I think Jack would have been really into this movie.
0: No, I, I <laughs> can't see
2: it. <laughs> he loves that scatological humor. No. Uh, oh, boy. This this film. Well, right off the bat, I want to mention that uh, The Legend of Stankmouth is an absolute ADR nightmare, <sighs> the likes of which you will rarely see in your life. I... I, I cannot emphasize that enough. Like, the, the dub job here is horrific. It's so fucking distracting. And it's weird, too, because... Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there's there's actually two real actors in this uh, movie. So first we have Tromahead, Lloyd Kaufman, who has a pretty small role, but uh, hey, you, you pay Uncle Lloyd a couple hundred bucks, he'll do anything. And my personal favorite... Uh, are you guys familiar with who Tenise Gray is?
0: I am not. It means nothing to ah. me.
2: She, she looked kind of familiar to me, and I, I couldn't put my finger on it. And then I figured it out. Uh, I went to Tenise's IMDb page, and she has been on the Tim and Eric Awesome Show a whole bunch, a whole, whole bunch. And if you're not familiar with the Tim and Eric Awesome show, they literally hire actors and actresses specifically who are so uniquely bad at acting that it's comedic. So The Legend of Stankmouth Mouth, for their, one of their main realtor leads here, they hired a woman who uh, she is literally known for being a bad actress on the Tim and Eric show. So congratulations. <laughs>
0: So this is the, the real, the realtor
2: lady. I can't yeah, say like that the word. The no, it's, it's, it's not the main realtor lady. It's, uh, I think she's, she's the one, she gets murdered. Uh, oh, it's, so it's in she's the, the one oh, okay. in
1: the, who, who picks up the, the, the main realtor in the car and she steals yeah. her identity and murders her essentially. Yeah, I,
2: right. think, I think that's the one. That's the one. Oh, okay. And yeah, this is a lot of, a lot of, bad stuff going on uh well and that's that's the whole the whole finale of the film where it just swerves off into exposition nonsense that none of us needed yeah there's like a like a 15
0: minute flashback that shows the origins of stank mouth which is dumb and bad and terrible and i fucking hate this movie
1: what the fuck are the origins (laughs) of stank mouth she finds him in a fucking garbage can Woo. Yeah, she's like a she's like a
2: homeless lady hanging out with Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, but she really wants a baby, and Lloyd's like, "Ah, oh, not this baby. It's got a butthole mouth." And she's like, "No, that's the one." Yeah, she finds a dumpster
0: baby, and it's stank mouth, and she raises him to kill people. And after he kills them, he likes to dry hump their dead bodies.
1: Yeah, or yeah, uh, I don't you know about dry hump. I think he he's just uh, doing a little necrophilia. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, we might just, be giving this movie too much credit. The, to, the to way they, sh- they shot it was, that there's not penetration. This movie's is, is going there.
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, where do we fucking begin with this movie? I mean, so you mentioned bad ADR. I was I was like cons- I was concerned watching it because one of the first shots is the couple is a wide shot exterior of the couple walking to the house with the realtor, and like the dialogue looked out of sync. And I, I couldn't tell if there was like an error with my Amazon Prime or if I had to restart my TV, but uh, it it just looked off. And and then and then when Stankmouth arrives, it, there's like just a, a flurry of like the worst stock farting sound effects you've ever heard in like any shitty children's program. They like use the full library, and whenever Stankmouth is in motion,
1: yeah, he, he, he just. Every time he hits someone or takes a step, it's just like it's like fuck. Why is this happening? Like, it, uh, and again, it's all fucking eighty yard to hell. Like, I I was trying to sync up my viewing with Steve, and I, I oddly enough, uh, well, maybe it's not a coincidence. It's just how jarring this movie is that six minutes in. I paused it because uh, Steve had had not gotten around to starting it up yet, and I was like, holy shit, man, you are in for trouble, because literally every line in the film thus far has been adr and also has involved the word fart or shit, Uh, and uh, interestingly enough, Jake uh, was watching it kind of in the middle of the night, our time, last night, and he... Did not have his phone on him, but he he stopped the film and and came in to say, "Boy, this looks this is like the worst thing I've ever seen." At what time mm-hmm. did he stop the film? Six minutes in. It's that six right. minute. That's when you know. Minute. That's what <laughs> we Well, because there's a, there's
2: a line at, at the six minute mark where they're just like, "It smells like a farty butt poop made of poopy I... fart." <laughs>
0: I wrote down I wrote down one of the lines. There's like three of them. There's one like uh, it sounds like a uh, it smells like a dead hooker's queef took a shit and but the one I wrote down is it smells like a fart threw up and that throw up took a dump. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh. oh. there we go. That's uh, it's, I mean that's dialogue, boys. That's how you do it. That's ah. how you make it in Hollywood. So just like every variation of that
0: line is thrown out by this like the one guy who can apparently smell the bad shit smell in the
2: house. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, you know, you know what they call this director, right? Robert Mulligan the third. They uh, they call him the scatological Sorkin. He knows how to write him. Okay,
1: so so th- yeah, there's a point. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> this I was like, okay, is this like did they just made it Italian style? They didn't fucking record any sound. But I I don't know. It, like it kind of calms down a little on that front. Uh, it seems like they had like one mic and they just. They biked, like the other realtor guy and the rest of the cast. They just kind of let fucking talk into the wind, but I don't know what the fuck was going on with the way this was done. It was uh, totally insane. And also, that open, or any exterior shot, really. Uh, we might say that uh, Tempest Tormentum used a lot of fog machine. I wish this movie used the fucking fog machine. It's just like CGI green cover, fart cloud, like fucking
0: yeah. Everything looks like it's covered in a noxious gas cloud. There's a there's a drone. That's the one thing that ties this with Tempest Tormentum. There's a drone shot that opens the movie of like just this valley, but it's it's like a, a shit orange color.
1: Like what the fuck? I this this is a thing so they are once they get into the house don't ask me why there's two groups of realtors it's just for narrative convenience they needed more than three people um but yeah they're like slamming down shots for some reason uh and the shots are all like covered in shit so they're just like slugging down Uh like sewage and be like boy this tastes like sewage pass me another (laughs) and then again the level of like Fart, farty poop jokes in this fucking movie, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, we've got plenty, rest assured, there are plenty of fucking fart jokes involving Stank Mouth or the state of this house or all sorts of things, but it goes even well beyond that, where they're just fucking slugging down this sewer water, and the uh, the woman of it's like our our I guess, lead the, the lead gentleman uh, who is some sort of music producer or something, uh, his wife is just, like, a terribly written, like, bimbo stereotype thing, and she just, while they're drinking sewer water, goes, alcohol makes me horny! And then there's just a fart noise punctuating the end of that, so it's just like, I, I, I did this character just rip one for no reason? Like, what, why, why is any of this? Why...
2: Yeah. <laughs> why is any of this is really the best question that, that we should be asking. Why
1: are there fucking breath mints and scope everywhere? It's not like fucking Stank Mouth is ever using such things.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't get that either. And then there's also a scene where uh, Stank Mouth is taking a shower, I, and I don't sure. get that either. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't understand anything about him because, okay, so he's got a butthole for a mouth, sure. But uh, why does that mean he's, like, spewing poop everywhere? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I mean... I have a butthole where my butthole goes, and I don't, like, the whole bottom <laughs> half of my body isn't caked in shit. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, that, this is true.
2: I don't know logistically how Stank Mouth works.
0: Uh, yeah. And then there's a, there's a, jumping ahead to the end, there's a scene where the, our hero uh, stabs Stank Mouth in the, the butthole mouth, and then just a, a torrent of shit comes flying out of it.
1: Uh, not to mention that he stabs him with a uh, the, toothbrush. Uh, by the way, yes, <laughs> and then tooth uses his said
0: toothbrush to brush the protagonist's mat teeth with it when it's covered in shit. Freaking. And like all of his, all of his kills are all what you would do to like clean and fix your toilet. Like he and like one guy, there's a toilet in the shower room next to the shower that is apparently perpetually filled with shit because he pulls a plunger out of it and all this like the putting shit goops off of it and he slams it into a guy's face to plunge out his intestines through his mouth and then another woman gets the toilet scrub brush shoved down her throat and all the poop is or all the intestines are pulled out through that way as well it's like he's like the movie's just a
1: giant shit joke but it's not even it's, a fucking joke like why is there, this happening like, again we also the other the other female in the movie who, who gets killed very early uh Like, there is – we literally have a scene wherein we're watching her take a shit. And there's okay. like a big shit log in the toilet. We watch her flush it down. It's like, wh- why it's the like, fuck it's would like, this be in any movie ever?
0: And that's like a – it's like a
1: clip art of a shit that <laughs>
0: rotates comically in the bowl as it gets flushed away. Oh,
1: God. I, I guess – if you think it's hilarious to have walls smeared with fake shit and, like, just melted chocolate sloshed all over everything with fucking peanuts in it, it boy, this is the movie for you.
2: Yeah, it's – again, I mean, it's it's weird too because, I mean, there's a lot you can do with poop, I think.
1: Uh, and is, and is somehow a, this, this movie's just like, no, all really you can do is
2: disembowel people.
0: No, and like – and not even like – and nobody like even shits themselves to death. Everyone's guts are pulled out of their mouths. Or their belly
1: buttons or
0: <laughs> – yeah, yeah, inexplicably. It's it's weird and gross and random. I think it's a it, – it, this is a important we, – so we all know about the Human Centipede movies. I think if a horror movie wants to – a horror director wants to break out into the scene with a movie they've made – I think it should be a red flag for anyone if their film is uh, shit centric, because that is an indicator that you're going to be in for a bad time. And even even like so, the movie, regardless of what the content is, this movie it looks god awful. It's shot with like a like a cheap DSLR camera. It's shots suffer from falling in and out of focus. It's it's just ugly, and the performances are our Z-grade, I, I loathe this movie. It is unfathomably <laughs> terrible.
2: Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah, it, I mean, everything on yeah. this show is one of the worst things I've ever seen, but even by the standards of this show, this is, um, this is a close number two for me. I, I still think that The Spy Who Boned yeah, Us is the worst, but this is uh, number two.
1: Mulligan was going for, that coveted number two ranking. Yeah.
2: I mean, what else can you do, really?
1: Uh, yeah, I, fuck, this movie is a fucking nightmare. But I, again, I I thought it was, again, I had framed this matchup as a Saw ripoff, uh, going up against the Human Centipede ripoff, and I don't even know if this is that. I don't know what the fuck this is. This is like a Troma movie that even Troma would not fucking (laughs) distribute (laughs)
0: Yeah, and yeah, it even has Lloyd Kaufman in a role that looks like he probably shot his scenes in two hours oh. and then and left.
1: And he, he sure. even pops it for more fucking grand dialogue where he's like getting murdered wow. by stank mouth and he's pleading with the woman to spare his life. And he's like, I'll do anything you want. I'll fuck you in the ass. I'm like, "Fucking Jesus Christ, stop, yeah, yeah. stop.
2: <laughs> now. No, there's no stopping with stank mouth. That's the problem. It's just, it just—it made me. It made my stomach turn, and um, it never. It was relentless in that regard.
1: I guess uh, but, that's I what mean, it wants to do. Uh, boy, yeah, kudos, I'm saying, huh? in
2: defense. In defense of stank mouth, that's that's what stank mouth came to be—the most vile shit I've I've ever seen. And you know what? It's it's doing a damn good job.
1: I guess that if that was one of. One of the clear intents was to be like, oh, yeah, disgusting, whoa. But the other intent is that this is supposed to be funny, and it is not. Holy shit, is it not? Definitely not.
2: (laughs) Very not funny. Uh, Boy,
1: yeah. Well, I mean – It's like, what's the worst trauma movie? There's that thing with the – is it called poultry geist? That might oh, be like Night yeah. of the Chicken Dead. That, that People like that like one. Fucking unwatchable. Uh, I hate it with a passion, and uh, it's really disgusting, like super gross out. And this just that made this made that look like a fucking masterwork. Well, that, that's an actual
2: Lloyd Kaufman movie. I, w- I was thinking more along the lines of like um, Killer Condom, maybe, or what's that one? Didn't we watch a horror movie about a giant murderous turd? Didn't we?
1: Oh yeah, uh, what is that called?
2: I don't know. That's a, That's a good question. Uh, no, but, that, uh, movie, yeah. that
1: movie's nowhere near as as bad as this.
2: No, that one's almost charming in retrospect. Let's. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, so I did
2: a little digging because I was interested in um, you know Mister Mister Mulligan the Third's <laughs> life outside of Stankmouth, and. Rob Mulligan has got uh, he's got some interesting stuff going on. Uh, first of all, as as Myros mentioned before the show, he's a difficult guy to Google, and why is that, Myros?
1: Uh, because his namesake Robert Mulligan is is a very acclaimed uh, director, classic Hollywood, directed such films as uh, To Kill a Mockingbird.
2: Yeah. Oh, what would you would you say that this is the To Kill a Mockingbird of movies about guys with butthole mouths?
1: Uh no, I don't think I'd say that. <laughs> um, oh, I, by the way, Steve, not to interrupt, but I have found the movie we were referencing. It's, it is called Monsterd.
2: Ah, Monsterd. Sounds like a much better experience.
1: It is, uh, somehow, a much better experience. Yeah,
2: yeah who would have known? Uh, so, yeah, it turns out that uh, Mr. To Kill a Mockingbird here, he's got a lot of stuff going on. I found the Facebook page for Helatosis, The Legend of Stankmouth. And the first yeah. post that pops up—it's actually from August 9th, uh, just a few days ago—and it's a—it's uh, like a nude child who took a <laughs> shit on some carpet. Yeah.
1: No. Why does it have so, that black bar that makes it look like this? Uh, this tiny girl has like a twelve-inch dog hanging between.
2: I don't know. <laughs> a lot of bad stuff going on here.
1: A lot of bad stuff.
2: So that's that's great. That's great. Love it. Love it so much. Uh, just really enjoying that. Also, uh, we uh, we found the Helitosis Indiegogo page. Which, yes, this was crowdfunded. Uh, this is crowdfunded. And originally they were trying to get $10,000, but you know it's Indiegogo and it's a flexible goal. So they unfortunately made 10% of their goal, made about a grand. And, uh, yeah, they, they they pretty much, I don't know if they used it all. I think a grand probably went into crafting the butthole mouth, which is one of the few things I can say about this movie is the actual butthole mouth prosthetic. Uh, it looks pretty good,
1: right? <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean, for what they're trying to pull off. I
1: mean, there's not like a discernible sphincter. No. But I, I guess if there was a discernible sphincter, it wouldn't be constantly oozing shit everywhere. So this makes yeah. sense.
2: I think he's got, like, mouth IBS or something. There's a lot of problems. Again, like I, like, I don't think that Rob Mulligan knows how a butthole works. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but Mr. Mulligan is quite the entrepreneur, and if you go to his website, which is mulligan3.com, that's mulligan3.com, you, you get something pretty interesting. So, you know when you go to one of those websites... And you, you, like, type the website in wrong. Like, oh, I typed Facebooks instead of Facebook. And then it redirect me to, like, some page. It's just like, buy this page. Make it whatever. That's what his actual website looks like, his personal website. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and, and then you, you kind of you scroll through, and you find out that, you know how this guy is making his money?
1: Uh, he squatting is a, on a website. <laughs>
2: That is correct. He's a domain squatter, and his website is, in addition to looking like a website that is just a redirect from a typo, um, it is just all of the shit that he's squatting on, and and because you can't be a shitty horror film director without this little uh, this little Easter egg on your website, you scroll all the way to the bottom, you will see that there is a super Low res JPEG of Mr. Mulligan for us, so that's good, right?
1: Yeah, that's the same uh, thing he's using in his IMDb page, except I yeah. don't. I'm gonna have to click on his thing here. Is it that? Is it that bad? It didn't. Uh, uh, no. Yeah, it's probably that bad. Oh yeah, it's pretty low res.
2: Bad. It's that, and bad. Uh, he he's a self stylized entrepreneur and cannabis advocate, so. Uh, if you're like, oh, I'd like to register a domain and it's it's being squatted on, uh, give him a call. Or if you just want to advocate for cannabis, then you can do that too. But it seems like he lives in in California. Is he? Does he really need to advocate for cannabis anymore? His work is done.
1: Can you really domain squat these days? I mean, you can use a dot fucking anything. I I think you're you're really uh gonna have some problems with this this enterprise. I, I don't days. know. Uh That's... well he does have uh cupcakes for the I was I had my eye on that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh he's got here's one, uh fuckbutane.com. That's a good one.
1: <laughs> um uh, Jesuslovestuff.com. Yeah.
2: That's good. That's good. Uh Topicalcannabis We got who let you out dot com <laughs> This is good. What is this one about milk? What is this? Milkshots.net. So if you're uh Too you got some Christmas. fun cow concoctions that you wanna shoot down your gullet
1: How many fucking Give old
2: uh Mr. Bulgan <laughs> a call.
1: How many cannabis related websites does this man have registered? He's
2: he's the king of internet weed websites.
1: (laughs) Uh, We should also mention that he co-wrote a book called Romero's A to Zombie, which is like a a fucking zombie coffee table book, because of course he did. Yeah. Of course he did. Oh, also com. I almost missed that one.
0: I love how we've taken this conversation as far away from Steak Mouth as we can
1: Well,
2: without – is i sh- drifting
0: too far. I mean, I mean st-
2: Stankmouth is the Bacon versus Clowns dot com of of film, really. If you think about it. Oh
1: man! Wait, all right. So, so okay, this may be the most mysterious of all websites in, in 2018. Uh, he has a domain registered called buymyspacepages.com. dot <laughs> com.
2: Can you do that? That's awesome.
1: Oh um,
0: Christ!
2: Uh, what a what a truly truly blessed experience it was to watch this film now for us this is one of the worst things we've ever seen but you know there's there's always people who uh you know maybe this is their their bag they're into the butthole mouths
1: no no one could possibly
2: uh you would be surprised Myros, because over on amazon.com i found that there are not there's not one there's not two there are three (laughs) count them three five-star reviews and i'm going to read them all to you so the first one is from Brooke B. Rad. That's a very real name. Uh, five stars from her. Verified purchase. This is legit. And her her review, are you ready for it?
1: I am ready.
2: All right. says, definitely intriguing, exclamation point. That's all. That's all she said.
1: What? Which what the in, fuck is intriguing? <laughs> this is the exactly. opposite of what this fucking movie is.
2: No, the only thing intriguing is reading this review and thinking about what she thought was intriguing. Because now my brain's going to explode. <laughs> no intrigue. Uh, over here, then uh, we got from uh, Ashley Bean. I find this very strange too. That this is two out of three here are are done by like women. Women love this movie. It's one you can watch with your girlfriend, your significant other, your wife, what have you. Jake, you watch it with your family, right? You got all the pets and the missus around and uh, watch this one with them? No,
0: I I sent everyone on a vacation so I could be alone with Stank Mouth.
2: Can you imagine, how would your fiancé actually react to Stank Mouth?
0: I I told her that I'm going to wait to watch this movie, wait for her to go to bed so I can watch this movie. Uh-huh. And she asked, "What is it?" And I didn't want to tell her. And I finally <laughs> said, "Well, it's about a it's about a guy who I guess shits people to death, and his name is Stank Mouth." And she just said, "Wow," and walked away.
2: <laughs> that's that's probably so, right. Yeah. I, yeah, If you do come across this movie, walking away is probably your best your best move. Okay, yeah. so uh, actually, Ashley-
0: just just to this like this movie, it has it has to be a practical joke, right? Like this guy made this film as a as a means of, like the only way i think i can compare it to is if, if i don't know if you remember the episode of Nathan for You where he held a fake film festival and he had his film with the Johnny Depp lookalike and the only other film that he entered into the festival was just a video of a guy farting for 30 seconds on YouTube and i feel like this is the kind of film that a guy would make to be that joke farting video and trick people to sitting through it at a horror movie festival or something. That's like the only, uh, there's no way he thinks this is good, right?
2: Oh, no, this this is a whole subset of society, Jake. These are the people, they're going to the horror cons, and, you know, they, they got the Rob Zombie look going, and they're like, yeah, man, I just, I love shit that's fucking extreme, you know? Like, just crazy stuff like shit and blood and poop and puke. That's that's who this guy is. Yeah, he, uh, he thinks like, he thinks this is fun.
1: Fucking THC has ruined his brain, and uh, yeah. this is what happens. But no, this uh, is, this, is... this you, you can't undersell the <laughs> cynical nature of a project like this, where it's it's one of like ten thousand movies that come out in the last like fifteen years that are like the new horror icon. This guy yeah. who leaks shit from his mouth. Yeah, I'm sure he'll replace Jason Voorhees in the minds of Americans everywhere. Yeah. They fucking even name
0: drop Jason Voorhees in this movie. One of the guys arms himself with a knife, and a guy says, what are you, Michael Myers? And he says, I'm actually more of a Jason Voorhees fan myself. Oh. Fuck you,
2: movie.
0: <laughs> you don't get to reference shit.
2: Now this is, this, is, this is all great. This is all wonderful. Uh, yeah, so Ashley Bean here. She said that the actor that played Stankmouth knocked it out of the park. This is graphic but good. LOL. It's a nice little lull there at the end. She enjoyed it, had a good time, had a good laugh. Kind of like Raven now, lots of laughs. Uh, okay, and here's here's a little more in depth One. This is from Necro G, uh, who the the title of his review is "This movie stinks." dot 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 dot, dot, dot of success. He says, what a shitty movie. (laughs) This movie craps all over traditional horror and bequeaths it with Rob Mulligan's stank on it. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Also, it's worth noting that not only are there like poop jokes baked into these poorly constructed sentences, but this guy likes to just randomly capitalize words. The plot twist was like a titty twister. You never saw it coming, but loved like some sick masochist. What the fuck? Sadly, I could take the acting from the guy who played Ronnie only as is. I don't know what that means. Also, can we talk about the way that he spelled Ronnie? Because he spelled it R-H-O-N-N-Y, which rules. (laughs) Like Ronnie is from fucking Sweden or something. (laughs) Uh, Overall, this is a great independent film, and I can only hope for a number two. And and then he says at the end, there's a little space. Then he says, two floaters up, five stains. (laughs) <laughs> uh
1: yeah so this
2: uh, i love cinema uh,
1: fucking uh, oh, god damn it this movie is awful <laughs> i i don't know what else to say it's the worst fucking thing um yeah i win Yes, yeah, me. you win.
2: Uh, my, my vote goes to Stank Mouth by a country mile. Both these movies are fucking terrible. Stank Mouth is the kind of transcendent terrible that you don't get every day. So, yeah, it's, oh. uh, it's fucking awful. Stank Mouth gets the vote. Myros, great job. So, uh,
1: so Mulligan is also, his IMDb uh, page says that he's also a touring musician and a comic book creator. I'd be real interested to not see any of that stuff ever
2: what's in like a guar cover band or something i'd or? like to
1: see a comic written by this guy it'd be a fucking nightmare i mean look yeah, at the probably. fucking credits of his movie it's like the shittiest looking thing i've ever seen uh no pun intended it just looks fucking awful yeah it's pretty bad it doesn't look pretty like bad. someone who, who could be drawn Ooh. a comic book that's for sure.
2: no no absolutely not Uh, Jake, and I I know it's just a formality at this point. I was hoping for like a tiebreaker thing for you here, but uh, it looks like that's not going to happen. Actually, (laughs) you know what? Just just to make it dramatic, just to make it dramatic, um, you know, uh, it's epistormentum. I hate Slipknot. It's worse. Oh, no, we're tied. Jake, what do you think?
0: Wow, Steve, if you put it that way, I'm gonna have to think that. Oh, who am I fucking kidding? To- Heliotes is lo- lo- like wins, loses. It's the sh- it's the shitty one. Whoever picked it is an asshole. That's what I'm gonna say. All right, you heard so, it here first,
2: folks. Adam so Myros, colossal <laughs> asshole.
0: Yeah, uh, that's uh, true. What's the uh, what's the? So do you guys have like a running total as to who has won uh, so far? <laughs> well,
2: we have a pretty hilarious running <laughs> total, actually. So
1: far, we. Uh, uh, this this now puts me back in the lead. So I have three wins to Cuffs two, and we also have two draws. So going into this, mm-hmm. the, the record was two two and two. Yeah, that's that's
2: about right. We, maybe wow. we should just we should just uh, assign someone to be our tiebreaker for us. Like we'll just make Sean watch these.
0: <laughs> uh, oh man, I, I can't imagine him <laughs> finishing this movie.
2: Who do we not like but know would watch these for us? I'm trying to think of someone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is no Who we fucking hate. I'm shocked. Well, we got-
2: Who would we take joy out of upsetting? Uh, does, does Mac listen to the show? Uh,
1: he's listened to an episode or two.
2: Okay. Mate, well, hopefully he doesn't listen to this one. We should, yeah, we'll have Adam McAlpine be our tiebreakers. No ties anymore. Adam McAlpine has to watch him, and then we'll get his, his views.
1: Uh, I'm sure he'll not be on board for that. By the way, there is also no. a, uh, a trauma... A trauma special of some sort, which is called a Stank Mouth New Year's Eve special.
2: Oh boy, so, are we going to watch that?
1: Uh, I, I'm guessing it'd probably be a little difficult to find unless you want to subscribe to Troma's streaming service, which God fucking help us all. <laughs>
2: So, wait, I I hope it pops up on one of the streaming services, because is it Lloyd Kaufman, or is it the same director, or what's the deal with that? It is
1: directed by someone named Daniel Frankenstein.
2: (laughs) Oh, perfect. So, what you're saying is, I could conceivably, if this movie pops up on a streaming service, I could make you watch Stankmouth again, right?
1: Well, this, fortunately for us all, this is a three-minute-long short so no. uh, what, what, if, I, what if I what if I it is on YouTube? <laughs> so if you if you care to watch it, we can find it on YouTube. Um, I, okay. I think maybe I'll pass on that, but you know the option is out there.
2: All right, little stank mouth Christmas. All right, Miles. Well, thank you for uh, for sharing this beautiful movie. This I know Jake feels like his life is a little more fulfilled now, so that's great. Um, oh, Steve! Before I'm, I'm, before
1: we side out, we got uh, Jake did go to the trouble of uh, transcribing some of the uh, beautiful outro to this movie, which uh, the credits. Oh the yeah, cr- we
2: didn't even talk about that. Which, by the way, this movie is like seventy minutes long, and it feels like it's nine hours. Uh, but the credits are eleven minutes long, and there's all these fake quotes that are like, "Here's a famous quote from Sun Tzu," but uh, also poop. Uh, Jake, could you could you read some of the the quotes that you transcribed from the wonderful credits of Stankmail?
0: Yeah, I have them. So one of them is, uh, choose your battles wisely. It might not be a solid MLK.
1: Yes, Martin Uh Luther King said that.
0: Martin Luther King. Then we have, uh, some things are best left to God, faith, and fate. That's why I use black toilet paper. The Pope. You know, that famous Pope quote.
2: What does that even mean?
1: I don't know. Do they sell black toilet paper? well, I mean,
0: I don't want to get too graphic, but wiping your ass is a very visual procedure. So if you're using black toilet paper, you might not see a fault. The shit is gone.
1: I don't know. Maybe if you wiping black your shit. ass
2: a visual procedure. It is. I am not. I will. Uh, I will or, defend or that. Or Jake, Jake, if 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 you're stank <laughs> mouth, it's a uh, you know, it's a it's wiping your mouth is a visual procedure. All right. Well, Steve. does he eat never, with his butt?
0: Never I don't interrupts know. your enemy. Here's the last one I'll read. Never interrupt your enemy when he is making a mistake or making number two. Napoleon Hey-o. Bonaparte.
1: Oh, I could have sworn there was one that involved a shart, but perhaps... Eh. there, There is... I could probably... Well, yeah, try.
2: Sun Tzu, the shart of war.
1: Oh, Jesus. Okay,
0: here, here it is. Here it is. Know your enemy and know yourself, and you can fight a hundred battles without disaster. Unless it's a shart.
1: Yeah. Sun Tzu. Okay, this... Rider is- of Art of War. This is the you sort you of You like writing. how they didn't
2: even—they didn't even bother with the with the shard of war. Like that—that that was right there for the taking. They didn't even go. Oh for it.
1: my god! Don't give this
0: film more ammunition.
1: Uh, Cuff. Wish probably set a, a slate for next week where you can try and make up for this. I, I must honestly say I did not see this coming. Uh this was a late addition to uh, to my list. I thought maybe. Uh, again, the the trailers kind of slickly produced. I, I thought this movie might be a little above our our uh, punching weight generally, but I could not have been more wrong. This movie is a despicable nightmare, and uh, you should probably try and get back to me for next episode.
2: Yeah, yeah, I probably should. I probably should. Uh, well, oh, man, this is a I tough call. To you. Yeah, what, what, are you, what are you? What are you picking? Yeah, what are you picking for next week, Myros? You got some? I
1: don't have anything lined up. I was kind of hoping to just counter what you have here.
2: Oh no, I'm I'm going to let you go first because I need to I need to adjust to whatever you choose.
1: You know, I got
2: to find the right counterpunch.
1: You know what? Since I went with the most lowbrow thing humanly possible, I'm going to go to the very tip top. Uh, the, there's a little art film on my list called "The Antlers of Reason." which I think Ooh, the we're going to really enjoy. Of Reason.
2: That's uh that sounds fun. Well, mm, You know, this this is a tough one for me because you know, I, the, the the super pretentious art films. I guess they haven't done that well yet uh for you. You you you've lost on a few of those. I think uh, yeah, so you maybe, had an
1: art film going this week, I'd say uh pretty much.
2: Oh yeah. For sure, for sure. So I guess I'm going to have to go lowbrow on mine. Oh, such a tough call. Mm, I, I do have, I have a pretentious art film as well. Mine's called The Omnipotence of Dreams. Maybe we, so we should it- <laughs> do that. <laughs> you, you don't want to go blow for blow with pretentious I, art I films? I think that
1: might be rather dry for the audience. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, um, mm, I guess this is a this is a toss up for me. I'm gonna go with I think a low budget gangster film. Um, now I have two on here that I'm looking at. One is called The Park, and the other one is called Da Pinchy
1: Code. <laughs> I can't, I've been so, waiting for you to bust out this Da Pinchy Code. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm gonna, let, You know what? I'm going to let our esteemed guests choose for me. Uh, Jake, what's it going to be? Is it going to be The Park or is it going to be Da Pinchy Code? Uh, da Pinchy Code,
0: hands down. All I don't right. know what that is. I want you guys to watch it.
2: All right. So next episode, we're going to have uh, Da Pinchy Code for me. And, Myros, what's the name of yours again?
1: Antlers of Reason.
2: Ah, Antlers of Reason. Lovely, lovely. Looking forward to that.
1: Uh, These are yeah, both available so, on Amazon, by the way.
2: Both available to stream on Amazon. Make sure you get that good DePinchy code action in your life. (laughs) Lord knows you need it. All right. Well, and that about wraps things up. So uh, thank you again, Jake, for being on the show today. Where can people find you on the Internet, Jake?
0: Sure. I'm at uh, Jake Tropila, T-R-O-P-I-L-A, on all social media if you want to hit me up anywhere.
2: That's right. And you can catch him on all kinds of Optimism Vaccine podcasts, including... For your ears only, the James right. Bond podcast, where uh, Jake and Jack are actually going through all the Bond films sequentially, and that's all going to lead up to the release of the latest Bond film. So check that out. It's a great podcast. Uh, you could also, if you're uh, <laughs> into reading film reviews, you can check Jake out on Film Inquiry. Mm, fancy. That's right.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I do right there as well. Thank you very yeah. much for the plugs, Steve. No
2: problem, no problem. That's what we're all we're all about the plugs here. Uh, we, yeah, you, we'll you gotta give get... him
1: free pub for sitting through this fucking movie.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, think, I, I, think I you appreciate need to... you guys. Yeah, free plugs for that. I think you need to keep writing more for Film inquiries so you can get that Rotten Tomatoes credit like uh, Sean has, and then we can mm-hmm. use that to uh, manipulate scores that have 100%. So like when Toy oh. Story 4 comes out, we can have you and Sean review bomb it. It'll be great. I cannot wait for that kind of notoriety. Love it. Love it. Uh, Myros, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, they can't. No, they can't. They can't. They can't find him at all. You can find me on Twitter, at Steve Cuff. That's at Steve C-U-F-F. Also... If you're listening to the show right now, there is a link in the description of this very episode that you are listening to that leads to our iTunes page. Please click on that or just head to iTunes and look up Optimism Vaccine. Please give us a written review and five stars. It helps with our visibility. And the more visible we are, the more people can find us. And the more people find us, the more people listen, the more people listen, the more content that we can push out for you, dear listener. So please give us that written review and five stars. That would help us out a ton, a ton Look at what we suffer for you. We yeah. suffer for you. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like we're those people that that walk around like the, what are, are they, Catholics or something? But like the super hardcore Catholics just whip the shit out of themselves all carrying around the cross.
1: Yeah, those are Catholics.
2: Yeah. Uh, we're, we're hardcore medieval Catholics for cinema, baby.
1: We're like that. And, you know, we also have vaccine at gmail.com. If you think maybe you've seen something worse than the spy who boned us or, uh, uh, I've already forgotten the name of this shit so movie we just watched. Uh, <laughs> oh, Helitosis, The Legend of Snake Mouth. Mouth. Maybe you got something worse. You know, We're happy to hear it. Yeah. I, I'll watch it. Suggest it. It'll go on the show. Uh Yeah, we'll go on the show. So, yeah, OptimismVaccineGmail.com. Happy to hear from you.
2: That'd be great. All right, Jake, thanks again for being on the show. Um, thanks I, for having uh, me. Yeah, I'm glad we got to torch you. It really felt good for me. <laughs>
0: It, it was a real uh, temper
2: storm at a moment because you are the mouse and we are the cats. That's it. All right, done. Indeed. <laughs> That's how we're ending that one.
1: You know, it, it occurs to me that we did not uh, designate these movies as uh, atrocity or curiosity, as has become our, uh, our normal methodology. Uh, so I figured I'd pop in at the end here and I'll give you guys my opinion. Uh, Steve could chime in, but uh, he probably won't listen to this before he publishes, so... Uh, I will be the Arbiter, and he can just fucking deal with that. Um, Anyhow, I think we can all agree that Helitosis, the legend of Stankmouth, is an atrocity. If you're curious about this, uh, I might refer you to a psychologist in your area. Uh... As for our other film, boy, now that one, that is a different beast. You know, I I think we were all a little hard on Tempest Tormentum to an extent, and I I might be in the minority, but I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, if you're you're looking for something a little ethereal and and your expectations are low, I'm going to call this a curiosity. Now, uh, again... Someone may edit this later and uh, offer a dissenting opinion, but something tells me they won't. So the official record shall show that uh, Tempest Tormentum is, in fact, a curiosity. Alright, we'll see you guys next time. Well, actually, no one will see anyone, but you know what I mean.